HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Whole Foods Market brings you meals worth sharing this holiday season. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com slash shop for our online menu and ordering system. Local turkeys, inspired sides, and even a little something for your hosts, all available online or in-store at one of our six Manhattan locations. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com for more details. Okay, it's Thursday and one o'clock and you are tuned in to the Heritage Radio Network. You're listening to The Farm Report with Aaron Fairbanks and we are here live in studio with Robin Berger of Hot Bread Kitchen. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you. So nice and cozy in the studio today. Roberta's has the wood uh, stove fired up out front. So if you're hungry for lunch, you should definitely come on down. And I'm pretty sure you'll be hungry by the end of this show. Robin, I'm really stoked to get into uh, the work that's happening up in Harlem at the Hot Bread Kitchen. But before we tuck into that, I'd like to know a little bit more about you and kind of what led you to the kitchen and, and what your background is. Sure. Um, so I was, I'm originally from the Bay Area in um, California. And um, there's, if you don't know, there's a ton of great bread in the Bay Area. So I grew up um, definitely loving bread, um, but not expecting that to be where my career went. Um, I came out to New York for college. I went to Vassar up in Poughkeepsie, okay. um, studied economics. And um, that was a smart choice. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had studied economics. (laughs) Um, And as um, as I progressed in my education, I became involved with um, sort of the food farming and social justice world um, through a program through Cornell Cooperative Extension called um, the Green Teen Program up in Poughkeepsie. So I was um, working with youth um, doing urban garden-based, hands-on education, youth development, and um, job training. And uh, when I graduated, I worked with that program for a couple of years and um, and then ended up moving to the city for a position with Hot Bread Kitchen. Awesome. And you were you came to Hot Bread Kitchen as an AmeriCorps Vista? As, a, as an AmeriCorps, yeah. Uh, a bold move. AmeriCorps in New York is tough, I mean... I, I definitely have like a few friends who have done it. You're like rubbing two pennies together. <laughs> but at least in your position, you had bread to eat. So, 
It's it's definitely true. And I, you know, I was fortunate to be working with a number of Vistas who were all sponsored through Just Food. So we had a nice community of support and a lot of people who are sort of in the same um, position, which I think definitely makes that kind of lifestyle easier. Yeah, absolutely. So so you came to Hot Bread Kitchen about two, two and a half, three years ago? Just about two and a half years ago. And it how, feels like it's been much longer. Yeah, but <laughs> time flies, right? Um, how, but how long has Hot Bread, Hot Bread Kitchen been operating? Not much longer than that. Um, not much longer than that. It's, it's, uh, it's in its fourth year. Um, okay. It was officially incorporated as a not-for-profit in 2008. And, um, and then I came on in the summer of 2009. All right. And your title is the Business Development Manager, correct? I am. Yes. Awesome. So when you started with the Hot Bread Kitchen, they were located out in Queens, but they've since moved, right? We, we have. We were actually, we had a few locations when I, when I first started. Um, we had an office space in Gowanus in Brooklyn um, out of the Old American Can Factory. And so that was where the bulk of our operations went on. We did all of our administrative work there. We hosted English classes for our bakers, um, you know, created volunteer opportunities. And that was definitely our home base. And um, but our baking happened in a commercial kitchen um, in Long Island City called the Artisan Baking Center, which is now the entrepreneur's space. Okay. Um, And so we would rent kitchen space there by the shift, um, pack everything up in Brooklyn, cart it over there in the car. Everybody would meet and um, at the at the kitchen, produce as much as we could in our eight hours there, pack it all up, do our deliveries and head back to the office. Wow. So I guess I feel like maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves and maybe we should take a step back and and have you explain a little about what actually is the hot bread kitchen what is the kind of model Uh, I mean obviously you guys bake bread but it's not it's more than that exactly so um hot bread kitchen is a social enterprise um our goal is to create professional opportunities for low-income foreign-born minority women um in the commercial baking and food manufacturing industry and um we do that by employing women um who have baking skills from their home countries or experience baking ethnic breads in their homes um, and have a good, you know, a good feel for dough, a good aptitude for um, the kind of work that uh, kitchen work involves. And we um, we offer them paid English classes and then paid on the job training. So they're able to gain the skills that they would need to go on to a better paid, high, higher level management track position in the culinary industry. Um, so our goal is to be employing women and then graduating them into um, other other jobs um, or eventually helping them launch their own small business. Um, wow. So you guys are working on a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so you, you, when you were getting started out in Queens, I mean, it sounds like a, a, a challenging kind of set of circumstances to work through as far as transporting and renting the kitchen space. And so I'm assuming like, wanting to have a little bit more stability is what led you to make the shift up to Harlem or how did that really happen? It was really, we were outgrowing the space. Um, you know, we were, we were incredibly lucky to be able to have a licensed kitchen to produce in, um, as a resource when we were first starting out. But at a certain point, um, the, you know, we sort of outgrew the incubator model and needed a full-time production space to be really achieving the kind of economy of scale we needed to be able to grow. Um, and can you say, like, what, I mean, why is it important to have a licensed kitchen space? 
Uh, to be able to sell your breads, uh-huh. um, they need to be produced in a in a licensed commercial kitchen. So that means like a, um, a kitchen that's been inspected by the health department. Exactly. And, okay. Exactly. And that's that's part of it. And also just to be able to have the space to be producing in the kind of volume necessary. Um, we would be, you know, baking 24 hours a day if we were baking out of a home kitchen and, and still wouldn't be able to produce nearly the amount of bread we need to produce to actually be, um, you know, generating enough revenue to sustain the program. Okay. So what, um, what, what, uh, where did the funding come from? I mean, how, how, how did that work? I mean, you said that you were established as a non-for-profit in, in 2008 or nine, mm-hmm, eight? In 2008. So, you know, you were in operation a little bit before that. And then now I'm just curious kind of how, you know, the bills were getting paid, especially as you were kind of expanding and like ramping up your production and training. Yeah. Well, one of our, um, our, our founder, Jessamine Waldman Rodriguez was an Echoing Green fellow and, um, which Echoing Green is an organization that provides, um, startup funding and, um, financing to, um, social enterprises. And, um, and so that was a, that was definitely a huge support in, um, getting the organization off the ground and being able to, um, for Jessamine to be able to really focus on it and launch it. Um, we also received an Eileen Fisher grant, who was one of our first funders. And, um, and we've continued to fundraise and receive a mix of public and private funding at this point. Um, but our, our goal, you know, in, in growing the bakery is to really be able to fund um, our operations with bread sales. Okay. And how big, I mean, how big are those operations today? I mean, what, what does the production schedule look like? What's the kind of staff and scope of what's happening up there? Uh, so we're now producing seven days a week. Um, we're, our facility is open 24 hours a day. Um, and we're, we make you know, between 10 and 15 deliveries every day to different wholesale clients, which receive daily bread. Um, you know, in contrast, when we first started out, we were baking one one shift a week, maybe um, maybe two shifts a week, but definitely weren't in in full time production. Um, and so now we're yeah we're we're seven days a week um, in full operation for wholesale, and then we're also producing for four different days of green markets where we also sell our breads. Okay, so if people want to find bread from the Hot Bread Kitchen, they can look for you at Green Market and they can look at, for you in retail outlets. And do you do uh, like home delivery or mail order or anything like that? Not at this point, um, but we do. We are increasingly widely available. So we're at 10 different green markets around the city. Um, we'll be at the New Amsterdam market for the rest of the year. And we're in all six Whole Foods stores. You can find us in the bakery department. And we're also at a number of um, wonderful small specialty shops that carry some of our um, some of our shelf-stable products as well. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about those products. I mean, I know um, that every Wednesday I, I stop by the, the market at Union Square and get a piece of the, I always say this wrong, the mm, semen. That was is that great. right? That was good. <laughs> that was Which close. Which is a, a Moroccan flatbread. It is. Um, that is delicious um, and is like my pre-weapons of mass media class um, <laughs> treat. Um, but there, you guys have a pretty broad product line that's kind of drawing on influences from around the world. So maybe you can kind of take us through um, some of the breads and... And, and then we'll go back and maybe get a, a little bit more detail on some of the stories behind them. Sure. Um, I would say semen is definitely one of the breads that we're best known for. Um, I guess just to preface this, uh, we have a line of multi-ethnic breads, um, many of which are inspired by 
the recipes or the skills and traditions of the women who come to train with us. So um, our goal is not just to be training women to bake bread, but also to be highlighting their contributions to New York City and um, and the culinary heritage that immigrant communities bring to to New York and to this country. Um, so one of our one of our definitely best known products in the green markets is a fantastic Moroccan flatbread that um, two of our bakers, Bouchra and Fatima, who are still with us, have um, inspired. Um, we also make a Mexican corn tortilla, uh, which is made from fresh nixtamal, which means we soak the corn, um, soak dried corn overnight, um, grind it fresh every time we're producing tortillas. Did you have a bicycle grinder? Was that a hot bread kitchen thing? It was. It still is. <laughs> it's not not in regular production anymore, but um, but it is a great party or demonstration feature that we bring out <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> so it was basically like a bicycle that had been attached to a, a maze grinder, right? So when you rode the bike, it would grind the grain It'll for you? It'll grind the grain for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it may be not the most efficient method of production, but definitely like, it's it's definitely more efficient than grinding by hand. Um, but we've since we've since since graduated. It's now in our sort of archi- archived um, history of corn grinding. <laughs> All right. So you have the tortillas. What else? Um, we make an Armenian style lavash cracker. Um, we one of the breads that I brought for you today is a Persian barberry. Um, which is a Persian-style flatbread. Um, we make uh, we make a variety of different challah breads, which is a traditional Jewish bread, well known in New York. Um, we make a bialy. Um, oh yeah, I love the bialys too. Which just got a nice shout out in Serious Eats. Oh, <laughs> those ones um, are great. And then we make we make a variety of um, European style, you know, more traditionally inspired breads like uh, a ciabatta. Um, we make a sourdough, we make baguettes, um, we make a, you know, classic multigrain that features a lot of local ingredients. Um, we make a German style rye bread and then a more classic New York rye and, um, and a variety of, you know, hearth breads that sort of round out our product line and, um, function well, not just in retail, but, but can also be served in restaurants and, um, have multiple applications. And what about, you mentioned like shelf stable products? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, we make so th- our three shelf stable products that we currently offer are our lavash, our medium style lavash crackers, um, our tortillas, which um, are a refrigerated product. They're um, they can, they last about ten days in the refrigerator, um, so those can be sold in in stores and don't need to be delivered daily. Um, and then we also make a nutty granola. Oh, wonderful. Which is inspired by our founders' um, Canadian heritage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great. Well, I think that we will probably take a short break. And when we come back, I would love to talk a little bit about things from the farmer's perspective and where you're, you're kind of sourcing some of these grains and how that works into the work up at the Hot Bread Kitchen. No, 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 no,
All right, we are bringing it back. You are tuned into the Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network, and we are coming to you live from the back of Roberta's in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm live in studio with Robin Berger, who's the business development manager for the Hot Bread Kitchen. So, Robin, before the break, you were taking us through um, all of the delicious breads that are happening up at the Hot Bread Kitchen, and I, I know that you guys sell like green markets. Um, and June Russell, who's been on the show before, ha, you know, has launched with uh, a, the team there a big kind of grain promotion and a real has spent the last couple of years really working on promoting uh, regional grain growth in uh, in the greater New York area. So I'm curious, how does that work um, from from the producer end? What like what are those kind of specifications and how do you guys work um, kind of local grains into your products? Um, well, it's um, it's been it's been exciting to work with green markets because um, local you know local agriculture and local grains is a personal passion of mine, and so it was exciting to um, be developing our breads um, for admission to the green market system and really be thinking um, more you know strategically and critically about the grains that we are using and how we can build more local grain into our into our product line. Um, we source uh, we source a variety of our grains from upstate New York. Um, we make our yellow tortillas are made with a local yellow corn, which is organically grown, and um, and is really makes one of the best tortillas I've ever had. We've tried a lot of different kinds of corn, and um, and you know it's it's very difficult to find the varieties of corn that are grown um, for tortillas, you know, in Mexico and in this other United States here um sure. but there happens to be this variety that we use happens to work af- incredibly well and is really delicious it's that's, incredibly flavorful that's exciting i think you know especially uh, bread is kind of such an interesting expression of its ingredients because it often in- includes so few i mean tortillas are basically corn and water corn right? and water so, and traces the traces of lime which is the mineral that you yeah. use to soak it but yeah it's very simple so when you're doing something that simply i think the the source of the ingredients becomes you know, really the signature of the product. So, so you're using corn in their tortillas, and then how, kind of how else are you working in regional products? We uh, we make a fantastic multigrain that um, that is very popular. We call it the Upstate Multigrain Loaf, and it's made with um, local New York State whole wheat flour, um, locally grown rye berries, locally grown wheat berries, and locally grown and milled cornmeal. Um, and that is one of our products that's really featuring the most local grain. Uh, we also make two different rye breads, both of which use local rye flour, um, and one of which is a multigrain rye. And, um, and so that uses a variety of local grains as well. Um, and then we, we, ma- we do incorporate a portion of whole wheat flour into some of our white breads as well. So our ciabatta is made with um, what's called a preferment. Um, a dough that part of the dough ferments for 12 hours before it's mixed into the dough to bake. Okay. And, um, and that's made with a local whole wheat flour. Um, so we've, we've been, um, a little bit creative about different, different ways to incorporate it, whether it's, you know, really the, the feature of the bread or whether it's just incorporating it. So we're making sure that we are supporting farmers in our flour usage and, um, you know, and adding a little bit of dimension to to some of the breads that we that we have um we also make i think the only local challah local whole wheat challah in in new york city with um with whole wheat flour nice oh i think i mean that's one of the things i find kind of so fascinating about about you know the grain project and breads in particular because you know 
baking is is kind of such a craft you know it's like this real mix of art and science and especially if you're doing it on a larger scale you really need the products you know the the raw ingredients to be relatively consistent which i think is kind of one of the challenges when you're working with a variety of growers or small scale mills and so it, i think it really takes a lot it can re, it can really take a lot for for people to figure out kind of how to make it work for them so it's great that you guys are finding a, a bunch of spots and it sounds like there's probably potential for that to even grow within what you're doing so i'm curious you know you you said at the beginning of the 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 goal of the hot bread kitchen is, is to kind of create a space for um for women to kind of learn skills um, or share skills, and how do I mean how do how do these women find you? And and you know obviously through the breads, I can take a guess at some of their backgrounds, but but how do they kind of get to you? And can you talk a little bit about how um, you know different people have kind of come into and grown with the organization, and maybe what the goal might be? You know what would success look like if that if you had a magic wand and and, um, you know, could see into the future like 10 years down the road? <laughs> sure. Um, that's an exciting question. Uh, well, a lot of our, I, I'll talk about outreach first. Um, a lot of our bakers um, have come to us through um, partner organizations that have provided referrals. Um, one of my first tasks early on as an AmeriCorps volunteer was to um, start reaching out and developing relationships with different um, not-for-profit organizations, community-based organizations, um, English classes around the, the various boroughs of New York City, and, um, you know, just get people aware of who we are and what we're doing and um, sort of the ideal profile of somebody who would, could come in and be really successful with us. Um, so many of our bakers have come you know, referred through those organizations. Um, some of it has been word of mouth. You know, we always encourage the women who are working with us and who know really what it takes to be successful in the kitchen and what kind of a person will enjoy that type of work to refer, you know, sisters, cousins, yeah, having, friends. Having worked in the kitchen, I would say it's definitely not something for everyone. It's but if it's a good fit, it's a good fit. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's it's wonderful to see people thrive in that environment. Um and, you know, some people have just heard about us through word of mouth. One of one of our bakers who's been with us the longest um, walked into the kitchen one day about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, with a flyer in her hand. I have no idea how she got it, who printed it. You know, it must have been in somebody at some organization that I'd emailed um, our job description to. She came in with the flyer asking for a job and... Um, and has grown with the organizations. What are some of the jobs? I mean, what are some of the things that you guys would be posting for that we might see on like a listserv? Um, it's, I mean, it's primarily a baking trainee. You know, most of our jobs are for entry level baking trainees. Um, but we do, we do have administrative openings from time to time. We, um, we are always looking for workers in the markets but the bulk of our hiring is for um is for entry-level trainees in our job development program okay and you guys obviously have undergone a ton of growth from the you know one baking shift a week to producing you know seven days a week full-time so i imagine that the organization has has grown quite a bit and are there other i mean as far as um you know, people who have have left to go on to bake somewhere else have there been any organizations that you've kind of partnered with on, on that end? Um, absolutely. Right now we're, we're really growing so quickly that rather than graduating our trainees into other 
bakeries or other jobs were trying to promote them internally as much as possible and really needing to hold on to um, the human capital that yeah, we're investing you, in. Yeah, of course. Um, we have placed a couple of our bakers at uh, the bakery at restaurant Danielle in the city. Um, one of our one of our bakers continues to work part time there and then train part time with us. Um, she also takes English classes with us and then works one afternoon a week at the Union Square Green Market after her shift at Danielle. Um, <laughs> she's a busy lady. I sounds like it. And um, and then another one of our bakers worked um, worked with restaurant Danielle for a while came back to work and was doing both jobs both with us and with Danielle part-time and um and has since come on full-time as our production manager um so that's been a real success to see her move into that move into that role and um you know has always been a leader in the kitchen but is great to see her learning how to um you know make her own spreadsheets and do her own formulations and really been be managing a full shift wow. yeah. um, on her own and um, well, so that's great. And you guys also have an incubator pro- program. I mean, how is that different from the kitchen, or is it? I mean, what is that about? Um, we so it's it's completely different from the kitchen. We okay. have um, but related. We have um, in our space up in Harlem. We have our own production and training facility for our baking trainees, and then we also have an incubator kitchen. Um, that is broken up into seven rentable spaces. And we launched this January when we moved into the new space, we launched a sister program called HBK Incubates. And it's a business development program for startup food businesses in New York City. Um, You know, the, the goal being to eventually have our own trainees be moving into that into that program and be able to offer um, business development support to women in our program who would like to launch their own business. Um, but the the incubator is open to anyone in New York City who has a great food idea um, and is interested in growing their food business. So we it's a membership-based program. We accept the applications and review them quarterly. And, um, and when we identify viable food businesses that we think will succeed in the program, we um, bring them, bring them in, and offer them both programmatic support as well as, um, you know, hands-on support in the kitchen while they're producing. And the and then we rent the kitchen space by the shift at a lower rate to members of our program. Um, and then are also have it available for commercial commercial tenants who are producing don't necessarily need the business development support, but just really have a predictable production schedule and need a regular place to to do their production. So, so that's interesting. I mean, I think when a lot of times when you're having discussions about how to, you know, grow a, a local or regional food system, you know, the value added products are something that people are always talking about. How do we create a space for value added products? Like how do how do we, you know, take something that's grown in the region and add value to that or stability to that so that you can sell it? So, can you tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that's be- being produced there? Are there are there you know, product lines that people might be able to buy or be familiar with, or is it still kind of in development stages? Um, a lot of it is is still in development, but people are at all different stages of you know of business growth. Um, one one business that is really taking off is Taste of Ethiopia. It's an Ethiopian food business that was originally based out of um, the Midwest and are starting a um, packaged, prepared Ethiopian food business here. Um, we also have a, a wide variety of businesses. I think there are about 30 businesses operating out of the space at this point. Wow. Um, and range from, you know, cookie, cupcake, specialty, pastry, to prepared foods, to catering. Um, 
you know, kind of all over the map. And we're, we're open to, to bringing any type of food business in. So um, we're always looking to diversify what um, the, the products that are produced in that space and the types of businesses that are, that are working in there. Um, another one you may know is Salvor Papusas. Um, they're a great, great uh, pupusa vendor from the Red, Red from Hook. The Red um, Hook, yeah. yeah. I think they're, do they sell at the Brooklyn Fleet too? They do. Or? All right, yeah. yeah, I definitely enjoyed those pupusas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious, I mean, was the relocation to Harlem, I mean, was Harlem the destination or was it really more that there was an existing space there? And, and you know, either way, kind of how have you found um, the integration into the community there and, and the community as a resource around the business? Um, well, you know, we were we were looking for we had our sights set on you know finding a space before choosing a neighborhood and um and this and there was a great opportunity to move into this space in Harlem in partnership with the city and open not just a training facility but also an incub- business incubation facility. Um, but the, the East Harlem community, I think, is really an opportune place to be doing this kind of work because there is such a rich um, food culture there. It's a very diverse community and it's a great place to be seeking out both talented food businesses, talented entrepreneurs, as well as um, talented women who would be great candidates for our baking program. Awesome. So obviously one of the best ways to support you guys would be to find you at green markets or find you at the Whole Foods or one of the retail outlets. You guys also offer a CSA. Can you tell us how, how that would work? We, you know, we just finished our CSA season. Yeah. Um, we, f- for the past three years, we've de- delivered bread shares each, each week to um, different CSAs throughout the city. Um, this year we worked with Harlem Community Food Share, Stanton Street CSA, um, the Park Slope CSA, and the Prospect Heights CSA. And um, members would just purchase a bread share up front at the beginning of the season, the same way they would purchase their vegetables, which is a great, you know, great support for us because we have a predictable um, amount of revenue and, and are able to send people great bread every week. That's awesome. And then I guess the other way that people can get involved, you are a nonprofit, so they can make donations of either money or, or skills or resources. So how, how do we find out more, you know, if people want to get involved, where, where can we find you? I would say visit our website. It's hotbreadkitchen.org. Uh, you can make a donation there. You can find out about some of the volunteer opportunities. Um, we're looking for skilled volunteers to support um, as culinary coaches in the incubator um, and are always looking for skilled support in um, in the bakery as well and um, fast hands to help us stamp bags. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure with the holiday season, you guys <laughs> will have plenty of opportunities for... Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Robin, thank you so much for coming down to Brooklyn on this rainy day and um, it was great talking with you and we look forward to kind of keeping in touch with the Hot Bread Kitchen as you guys grow over the next few years. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. <laughs>